Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in, and I uh, can't wait to get to J.B. Hickson, our guest today. And we are going to address a lot of different topics and issues today because there's so much going on prophetically um, in America, around the world, in the news. And so we are going to jump from uh, topic to topic today, and I know there's a lot of things that uh, we can discuss. So let's get right to it by opening up. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us free speech and religious freedom. And for everything that you've done for us, God, we, uh, we are so grateful. And forgive us for taking it for granted. Uh, forgive us for not fighting to maintain our freedoms, especially our religious liberty. But Lord, wake up who you will, challenge who you will today, and speak through us, Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd guide this conversation, that you would just really challenge our thinking and inform those who need to be informed and encourage the hearts of those who are feeling overwhelmed. We know God and we recognize that you are sovereign and in complete control about what's going on. You are not pacing and worried about anything that's happening. Nothing catches you off guard because you never change and your word endures forever. So on your word, Father, help us stand and after having done all, help us stand in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so blessed to have back with us J.B. Hickson, uh, more than 30 years in ministry, and uh, he's served on different faculties and adjunct faculties at nine colleges and seminaries. He's currently the pastor of Plum Creek Chapel in Colorado, the author of nine books and more to come, God willing. J.B. Hickson, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Hey, David, thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Hey, uh, there's so many topics, I almost didn't know where to begin, but let me just go back to one that um, goes to, over to John MacArthur and something that he said about the inauguration. Um, he mentioned his concern, and I believe he did this in front of the congregation, with Joe Biden placing his, and Kamala Harris. Actually, there's an interesting thing. If you ever saw a picture of the swearing-in at the inauguration— Kamala Harris did not have her hand on the Bible. There was something in between her hand and the Bible. It, was, it may have been a thin purse. It may have been something else. But I've heard a lot of theories about that. But let's just go to John MacArthur's point that he warned Biden about placing his hand on God's word with the intention of blaspheming God. Now, Biden doesn't know what that means, probably. <laughs> but what MacArthur was saying, let me just read and then I'll get your response. Uh, he said, you better be careful when you put your hand on God. Speaking of Biden placing his hand on God's word, the Bible, taking his oath of presidency. You can say whatever you want to say, but when you touch the ark and when you place your hand on the throne of God, because God is enthroned in his word, interesting, and you place your hand on the word of God and pledge to do the very things that blaspheme his name, you talk about a high-risk action. Don't tell me you advocate for the slaughter of babies in the womb. Don't tell me you want to destroy masculinity, femininity, marriage. Don't tell me you want to fill the world with LGBTQ people in leadership. Uh, you want to justify transgender activity. Don't tell me you want to invite more Muslims in who represent a religion from hell and then put your hand on the throne of God. So we'll just stop right there. There's enough in those quotes, in those statements, J.B., to uh, talk about, uh, and I, I, we talked a little bit before we got on the air, but just share your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you, you uh, have to agree with his, uh, his point there. I mean, the Bible means absolutely nothing to these people. In private, they mock it, mm -hmm. and uh, they've been caught on hot mics actually mocking the, the conservative Christian worldview. Um, so, yeah, I mean, MacArthur's right. How dare you uh, go through the motions of swearing allegiance to some type of biblical principle or biblical worldview when you know, as a point of fact, you're not going to support anything the Bible talks about. 
Now, I'm not, uh, <clears throat> I'm not one of these that thinks the physical medium of the Bible, the paper and the leather cover and all of that, somehow are endued with mystical uh, powers, kind of like the Ark of the Covenant or something. I mean, the, the Word of God is powerful, Paul says. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that's true whether you write it on a chalkboard or look at it on a computer screen or read it from memory or whatever. So it's not so much the physical icon as it is what God's Word represents, which is His self-revelation to mankind, the absolute truth, everything we need for life and godliness. And uh, Biden is making a mockery of it, no question. Mm. And it's amazing to me that a lot of people are torn. Maybe you can clarify this for us, J.B. Hickson. Uh, Biden's a Catholic. And the media seems to be very impressed now with his Catholic faith. And I'm thinking of some, I would consider some of my friends, you know, they're born-again Christian Catholics, and I think you know what I mean by that, um, meaning the Roman Catholic Church and their teachings are unbiblical and even heretical, but there are some in that church that I wish they would leave um, but that they are sincerely born again. They are saved. Why they won't get away from these teachings and doctrines, I don't know, and leave the traditions of the church. But Biden, they're saying, is a Catholic. So some people are impressed by this. So was Nancy Pelosi, apparently. So what are your thoughts on, on, on this confusion in our culture, or at least maybe what the media is putting out there about Biden's supposed faith? Yeah, well, it's quintessential pluralism. It, uh, you know, anything goes and everything goes. Um, as far as Biden being Catholic, yeah, he made he he played to that to his advantage at various points throughout the campaign, particularly with veiled references and uh, sort of empty discussions about abortion on the front end. Now, to be sure, he if you paid attention, he and his administration or his uh, advance team and and his administration clearly uh, said what that they were going to you know wage a war on the unborn and and so forth. But in certain contexts, I heard him say, or his uh, spokespeople say, well, you know, he is Catholic, so that ought to tell you something and stuff like that, sort of implying that he's going to, you know, uh, be, you know, upholding the sanctity of life. At least uh, it seems like he was telling his Catholic followers what they wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. But of course, nothing could be further from the truth. Like most politicians and even worse, he was simply echoing uh, what he thought people wanted to hear. Um, but you're exactly right, David. I mean, people can come to saving faith in Jesus Christ and him alone, uh, you know, for salvation uh, from any walk of life. And uh, the Roman Catholic Church and doctrine is uh, not compatible with Scripture, but it doesn't mean that someone who has been raised in that environment uh, can't hear the gospel, believe the gospel, be saved. And then hopefully they'll break away from that and be discipled into a, a biblical Christian worldview. Um, so I know exactly what you mean by, you know, quote, Christian Catholics. Mm -hmm. We don't encourage people to stay in that church because of so many false doctrines, the Mariolatry and, and other uh, factors. Uh, but certainly the grace of God can reach anybody in any uh, particular walk of life as long as they've uh, trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone. I think, um, you know, I, I didn't want to talk a whole lot more about this, but since there are always new listeners, it seems, recently. Our numbers have been surprisingly good be, with being censored, so to speak, on social media. But uh, And it's just amazing that people keep listening and sharing the podcast. I don't know where they're getting it. It must be from other friends and people like you that put it out there and remind people that you're going to be on with us. But because we have new listeners, and some may be a Catholic tuning into this and just heard what we said— um, they may be thinking we're being judgmental. So I just want to have you just elaborate a little bit more on the uh, issues of the Catholic faith. Some of them, I know this is a, we could do a couple podcasts on that alone and their teachings and through the centuries changing, you know, church doctrine and tradition and everything in that church and what the popes have done. But JB, what is the main concern? Is it their works based uh, salvation? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're right. First of all, you know, the, the, the coming to saving faith in Christ is not about a religion. Uh, it's about a relationship. And so this is nothing personal. This is not meant to personally attack any one person or any one religion. It's just simply to echo the words of Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so if you're Catholic and you're listening to this, you need to recognize that, uh, you know, that Jesus Christ is the only hope of salvation. He died and rose again to pay your personal penalty for sins. 
And uh, he offers freely to all the gift of eternal life if you'll simply trust him for it. So the Roman Catholic Church, by contrast, teaches uh, sacramentalism. The you know salvation comes through the seven sacraments. They teach Mariolatry. They 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 consider Mary to be divine. In fact, a lot of Catholics don't even recognize that the uh, the 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 fact that they believe Mary is in fact was in fact herself born of a virgin. That's what the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception is. Wow. You ask the average person on the street, what's Immaculate Conception? They think it refers to Christ, but it doesn't. If you look it up in Catholic dogma, it refers to Mary being born of a virgin, mm-hmm. and therefore she is sinless and holy. Of course, the Bible does not teach that. Roman Catholicism has a different standard for their authority. They have a, a three-pronged approach, the church, tradition, and the Bible. So the Bible is just one of three sources for truth. And uh, when the church creeds and councils and dictums of the previous uh, pope differ from the Bible, they are considered uh, higher authority, and they supplant the teaching of the Bible. Not only that, but the Bible itself that they use contains non-inspired books, the Apocrypha. Mm-hmm. So there are many problems with the, the man-made religion of Roman Catholicism, and uh, we just encourage people to uh, go to the Word itself and see what Jesus said. And he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to uh, keep a sacrament. You don't have to do good works. It's all about the free gift of salvation paid for by the blood of Christ. Thank you, JB. Um, let's move on to another topic. Um, this is an article you sent me over at The Federalist, which is a great resource, by the way. I'm putting together a a um, listing of resources for Christians, conservatives, people that just want uh, fair news reporting, and, of course, conservative commentary where, where they can get the truth. But it says, Anthony Fauci pledges new administration's commitment to taxpayer-funded abortion at the World Health Organization. I would love for you to just... Uh, Give us some of the bullet points. Oh, yeah, this is uh, amazing. There has been an absolute all-out war on the unborn. In fact, if this would be a good time to just mention, um, you know, big tech is absolutely censoring you and me and anybody else uh, that is promoting biblical conservative Christian worldview. And so we want to encourage everybody to keep up with us, at least through our direct website, notbyworks.org. That's notbyworks.org. Uh, our ministry is based on Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And on that website, you'll notice uh, one of the first things you'll see is a new series we're doing called Culture Shock. And the most recent issue of that is on the war on the unborn. And so I talk about Fauci and Vice President Kamala Harris and other statements that uh, have come out of the administration there. Uh, Culture Shock is a short eight, nine minute uh little video presentation on key issues that should matter to Christians, and it comes out about twice a week. But yeah, Fauci, uh, you know, is assuring the rest of the world that, you know, this new administration is going to not only uh, continue the existing uh, pro-abortion, you know, mandates and things, but obviously overturn some of the restrictions that the previous administration put in place, and then go even uh, further beyond that. Uh, and they're really primarily targeting and talking to uh, or saying these things for the benefit of the Chinese-dominated World Health Organization. Mm. Uh, they, they, Of course, Biden rejoined the World Health Organization, and they are sending a signal that, hey, we're just like you. Well, who wants to be just like China or the World Health Organization? Exactly. You know, that's, uh, that's what's uh, really scary. But a number of, uh, you know, key uh, things that he you know, that this administration has done right out of the chute, the first day signing, um, you know, different uh, uh, executive orders and uh, just uh, telling us that they are not going to stand um, uh, for life. They got us out of the Mexico City uh, agreement, you know, that, uh, you know, old uh, uh, longstanding agreement is actually always in place under Republican administrations. The minute a Democrat gets in, they cancel it. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about that, yeah. JB. That was implemented by President Ronald Reagan, reinstalled yeah. by President Trump. It prohibits our tax dollars, federal dollars, from going out to institutions performing abortions. And is it is, is it my understanding that it prohibits our tax dollars in America from going to international uh, abortions? Is that is to fund those? Yeah, I, that- believe, I believe that's right. And it's, it's anything that... Uh, uh, any type of abortion service, whether it's abortion counseling or 
you know, actually not just paying for abortions, but anything that could lead to uh, an abortion. And uh, you're right, it was first put in place in, by Reagan and then uh, just, you know, true to the Republican platform in contrast to the Democratic platform, every time a Republican is in, they they put it back in place. And then the first thing a Democrat does is take it out. Okay, the Hyde Amendment, I was also thinking about that. that that's also something we could touch on. Yeah. So the Hyde Amendment is uh, something that, you know, some people by some estimates say that in 2019 alone, it saved more than 60,000 babies. Uh, And at one time, Joe Biden actually said he supported it. But again, it just depends on who he's talking to. He'll (laughs) say whatever's expedient. But it was put in fact, and it bars federal funds to pay for abortion, except in the cases of rape, incest, and to save the life of a mother, which again, we believe in terms of the sanctity of human life, that the Bible teaches life begins at conception. That absolutely is not a fact in dispute if you believe the Bible. Now, you can twist the words of Scripture, you can try to allegorize it, but if you just let the Bible speak for itself, there's no question that life begins at conception. So this sort of issue of rape, incest, or life of the mother is, is really not the, not the point. But, you know, we'll take what we can get. And I think incrementally, if we can stop all abortions except those, that's a huge start. And the Hyde Amendment uh, uh, did that, but he's, uh, you know, he's getting rid of it. And he's also putting uh, back in the Affordable Health Care Act, uh, taxpayer-funded funds for abortion. Mm. Uh, So it's an all-out war, no question. Yes, it is. And we've got uh, four minutes left in this segment. And it's interesting, your two recent culture shock episodes, uh, the topics were war on the unborn and censorship, which we have to get into in the next segment. Because uh, there's some disturbing things coming around, mm. not only what they're doing physically, but the rhetoric out there against conservatives and Christians. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I just want to go back to something Kamala Harris did when she was, I believe, attorney general in uh, California. Um, David DeLayden, Center for Medical Progress, they exposed some just horrific procedures at Planned Parenthood, basically the selling, the marketing of aborted baby body parts and how they were making money. By selling this. So this is out in California, David Delight and citizen journalists, which are protected by California law. But that didn't stop Kamala Harris, not from prosecuting Planned Parenthood, but from investigating and prosecuting David Delighton, who exposed the corruption at Planned Parenthood. Talk a little about about this hypocrisy. Yeah, I mean, she absolutely hates life. There's no other way uh, to say it. I mentioned in that uh, short culture shock episode that, you know, since Roe v. Wade, which, of course, we just had the 48th anniversary of that back on January 22nd. Mm-hmm. And since then, over 61 million babies have been killed. Uh, and many of those, talking about partial birth abortion, uh, you know, were, were not unborn babies. They were, in fact, partially born and their lives were snuffed out. And uh, I just don't see how anyone uh, with, with a conscience uh, can support that. And it just shows you the depths of the evil of, of some of these people. And this isn't about Democrat or Republican. This is about, you know, the global elite and the people that Kamala Harris served. Have you ever asked yourself, you know, how she catapulted to such levels of political of fame and power so quickly? I mean, there's a lot going on behind the scenes with this uh, woman. And uh, she is not in any way uh, good for the country or and certainly uh, she's not good for, you know, American Christian values. JB, um, we've got a minute left. Yeah, I hesitate to ask this, but w- what would you say to professing Christians who are not sold on the issue of protecting life and mother's wombs? In, in other words, they are pro-choice and maybe support the Democrat Party. Yeah, uh, again, you know, I would say whether or not they're a Christian is between them and the Lord. If they've trusted Christ, they're a Christian, but they're just wrong. I mean, uh, the Bible is clear that God formed us in the womb, Psalm 139. He has plans for us even before we're born, Jeremiah 1. Uh, he set us apart, Paul said, in the womb. Uh, we know babies experience joy in the womb. We know that God values all human life. It's the highest pinnacle of creation, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, made in his image. We know that by eight weeks, which is before you can even tell that you're pregnant, all of the human systems are in place. Uh, abortion stops a beating heart. And so for, for logical reasons, as well as biblical reasons, anyone who uh, knows the Lord and, and uh, is born again uh, should 
should repent and recognize that this is a key issue. It's the issue of our day. And there are many people, and I'm uh, lean this way, that believe that some of the stuff we're facing in America today is because God is finally bringing judgment on us specifically mm. because we've shed so much blood through abortion. Yes, I agree with you on that. I think most of our listeners would as well. We've got a whole lot more with J.B. Hickson coming up. We will be talking about the, well, unfortunate uh, truth of censorship of Christians, conservatives, believers in America, and we'll uh, find out what their thoughts are as far as the left, how they think of us. I think you might know that already. But uh, a lot more to come with J.B. Hicks, and we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We're with J.B. Hickson today, and now we're going to move into the topic of censorship, uh, free speech, something that should be concerning to all of us, even if you're not a Christian, if you believe in a free republic, a free America. We should be concerned the way it seems like we're heading toward a one-party rule. They own all of our institutions, meaning the left, and now all three branches of government, and in big tech, they're controlling the narrative. They're controlling the way a nation selects its leaders in elections and what the information that is allowed to go out about those leaders when they are campaigning. Uh, this is a dangerous combination when big tech locks arm with a government and a one-party rule. So, J.B. Hickson, uh, recently, um, I just, last week I did an article and video with Freedom Project Media, and it was called The Left's definition of unity is submission or they are, their idea of unity actually means submission and that went viral this is an issue that a lot of people are concerned about we're talking about 75,000 views in let's see Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday in less than four days people are concerned about the direction of this this censorship this uh, uh, controlling speech and one I will just right off the top here uh Twitter suspends Christian Magazine for calling Biden's biological male nominee a man. And what they did was they suspended, Twitter did, Twitter suspended the account of The Daily Citizen. It's a publication of Focus on the Family. And I would love to get your thoughts because this is can happen to any of us now, can it? Absolutely. Boy, censorship is is frightening. And if you're not kind of keeping your finger on the pulse about this, uh, you absolutely should be. I'm speaking to the listeners here. Um, uh, and again, uh, we did our, our first culture shock was on uh, censorship. But, you know, there's an old saying in the military, when you're catching flack, you know, you're over the target. And, and, and that's what we're finding with this censorship. When something gets censored, that should be your alert to look very, very closely at it, because what are they hiding? Mm. Why, why do they feel the need to hide that information? If the truth is on their side, they've got nothing to worry about. Um, let, let people um, you know, evaluate things on their own merits, uh, but they feel the need to censor this stuff, and you need to ask yourself, uh, why? I mean, if you put, literally, if you put up a picture of the package insert from a vaccine that comes in the box. <laughs> you can ask your doctor for it when you go get a vaccine, which you shouldn't be getting vaccines anyway, but at, ver at the very least, you should know what you're sticking in your arm. Amen. If you put that package insert up on your Facebook or Twitter page, they're going to take you down. It's already happening. So why, why is that? Yeah. What are they hiding, right? They're trying to, to suppress the truth. And, you know, you mentioned the LGBTQ. I mean, this whole movement, I call it the gender surrender movement, is is absolutely ludicrous. And of course, I'm sure you're familiar that the U.S. House of Representatives passed a new rule that explicitly forbids the use of any so-called gendered language on the House floor. So they can't, when they're speaking or introducing bills or debating bills, the members of the House of Representatives cannot use phrases like father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister. Are you kidding me? I mean, wow. what country are we living in? And uh, this is, you know, not surprising to me at all that they would take down that uh, that article. And, you know, that's why, by the way, we, we've got to hedge ourselves against big tech by, you know, promoting individual websites. Um, you know, at least for now, they can't take down entire private websites that day may, may be coming. 
But uh, we're trying to funnel everything, at least at Not By Works Ministries, through our website at notbyworks.org. Um, we still have a presence, of course, on YouTube and all the other ones, but we're, we're moving to Rumble. All of mm-hmm. our stuff is simultaneously mm-hmm. on Rumble as well as YouTube, uh, because someday, you know, you're going to go to a YouTube channel of, of these conservative Christian ministries like yours and mine, and it's going to be gone. By the way, I want to mention notbyworks.org and standupforthetruth.com. I know I say that a lot, and you hear it. If you're listening, you hear it often. But if you're on social media, if you're on Facebook, chances are you are not seeing our posts. So in order to get the podcast and other things on our website, you have to go directly to the website. At least for now, we are considering other moves as well. But I'm glad you're moving to Rumble. Uh, what do you think about Parlor? Have you heard the latest? I think... I heard they are going to be back online, and that's we've talked about that whole sad uh, situation that everybody turned against Parler. Yeah, no, they. Uh, I mean, I think it's great, and I, I, I'm sure we'll get on it when it's back up and and running. Um, I think we've got to do all that we can. It's not there's not one panacea. You have to just continue to fight this battle, and, and it is a battle, no question about it. And uh, by the way, on the LGBTQ thing, that's what our next culture shock is going to address. Because their goal uh, in deconstructing language like this is is essentially to destroy individuality and uniqueness. It's right out of the Marxist playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're trying to um, say that there is no identity. They're trying to basically make us into just nebulous entities, so that when they you know enact their eugenics programs and and start you know wiping out people, or they already are, but through multiple direct hit means. Um, you know, people will, will line up for it. They're, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to identify with something that has value like life made in the image of God. And so it's the LGBTQ thing is not just a side issue. Uh, it's at the core. And I've said mm-hmm. it before. I, I heard it from a, a dear friend of mine who pastors up in uh, Idaho that this attack on gender, what I call the gender surrender movement, is one of the most demonic uh, things in our day. And a society won't function or won't last too much longer if they continue down this road, because obviously the simple thing, it, it affects procreation. It affects, you know, reproduction and, and people to can carry on the taxpayers and, and to keep the society going. But it also is, is just destroying everything godly, moral when it comes to life, uh, marriage, family, um, people think you might be exaggerating, JB. I would love for you, for you to just elaborate a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, going back to creation in Genesis, you know, we have God created man in his image, male and female, he created them. So some of the core um, values of life and the way God made us, you know, gender, marriage, language, all of these things uh, go back to the beginning. Remember, God spoke the world into existence, so language predates the creation of mankind. He didn't create man until the sixth day. So language is an inherent value. Marriage, uh, which God instituted, and again, gender. And so when they attack these things, it's a direct attack on, on God. And it's, it, there are very real practical issues related to it, to be sure. I mean, on his first day in office, Biden, Biden uh, basically reinstituted you know, Obama's uh, rules about transgender student access to sports and bathrooms and locker rooms. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. there are some states where it's a statewide rule in public schools that, you know, if, if a biological male wants to walk into the girl's dressing room, not only is he allowed, but teachers cannot report him. They cannot confront him. They cannot rebuke him. They cannot say anything about it. Now, again, at this point, I don't know why anybody would have their kids in, in the gov- pagan government-controlled schools. But this, that one issue alone ought to, ought to sound the alarm. Get your kids out of there. I mean, this is, this is serious stuff. And we wonder why so many of our young people, when they go off to college, Christian young people, abandon the faith. Amen. You know, yes. They've been programmed. And we just recently spoke about that a little bit with uh, Jay Seegert a couple weeks ago, and we've had Israel Wayne on, Alex Newman just last week. And, of course, we talked more about China in that podcast. But to this article that you sent me, JB, and this is a concern for all of us, I do want to get to um, the gender dysphoria and what Walt Heyer uh, says is rapid-onset Marxism. I want to get to that. But you sent me an article that says Democrats have released a roadmap 
to one-party rule, and quote this and let get your response. Although the Constitution explicitly places state legislatures in charge of managing federal elections, H.R. 1 seeks to use the power of the purse to bludgeon the states into conforming to a centralized system pioneered in California and other deep blue states. Congress can't technically compel the states to change their voting laws, but seasoned politicians know that the states have become dependent on federal money to run their elections and can't afford to pick up the tab themselves. This makes, to make matters worse, H.R. 1 declares that Congress possesses ultimate supervisory power over federal elections. And then it says the 2020 election witnessed private interests dictating, dictating the manner in which the election was conducted. And it mentions Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook pouring in $419 million, and that's just Facebook. So, JB, uh, just share a little bit more about this concern. Yeah, what we're really talking about here is the sanctity of our elections and election fraud. And, um, you know, let's not forget, uh, you know, obviously all the chaos from, you know, the election in November to January 20th and the craziness that happened. But that issue never got resolved. No. There were serious problems with the electronic vote tabulation machines, the the, uh, the the Dominion systems, and many other problems, which, by the way, were not new. I've been talking about these for 15 years. If you go to our Spirit of the Antichrist series on our website, you can see the, the, the episode we did on election fraud and voter fraud. This was not new, but it was just it reached new heights and new levels with the 2020 election, and those remain unresolved. And so, yeah, they are. It's a multi-pronged attack. They they. They control the system. It's a rigged game, and they're just trying to advance a Luciferian agenda with all of these types of pagan policies that we've uh, talked about. So we need to we need to avoid falling into the trap of thinking that it's merely a right-left paradigm or a conservative-liberal issue. It or it is a conservative-liberal issue, but it's not necessarily a Republican-Democrat issue. That's sort of a, a fake out. They've they've kind of funneled both groups into this extreme, you know, this, these right and left when really it's, it's a one way street headed the same direction every time, but they, they want to make it even easier for themselves down the road by having a de facto one party rule. I mean, if you can't rely on the vote and you can't get an accurate count and you can manipulate the vote with a few keystrokes in a cubicle somewhere, um, then does it really matter how many conservatives there are? I mean, Mm -hmm. if we can't get our voice to count, then what difference is that going to make? Exactly. And so it's a, it's a serious problem and, and one that, again, remains unresolved. Why do we think it's going to be different? I mean, the definition of lunacy is to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. I thought that was sanity, but I guess it's, or, or insanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> insanity, lunacy. insanity, lunacy, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, JB, this is a concern, and, and what would you say to, there are some uh, Christians who, uh, just say, you know what, we, we shouldn't be concerned with all of this because we just need to be about God's business and preaching the gospel. How would you respond? Yeah, I mean, it's it's naive. They're not mutually exclusive. The Bible does tell us to preach the gospel, and we that's our part, number one priority. That's our mission during the present church age is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But it, the Bible also tells us we need to be prepared, and we need to stand up for truth, <laughs> as you do, and we need to you know, speak out against evils. And we see this in the Old and New Testaments alike. So uh, to, to create that false dichotomy there is, is just misleading. And it's, it's, um, it's a shame because for many Christians, they latch onto this, oh, you know, we just need to love people and share Jesus with them. Well, we do. Uh, but along the way, we have a lot of other uh, places that Satan is attacking God's work on earth, and we need, we're here uh, to hedge against that and to speak out against that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And again, it's never the loving thing to do to perpetuate a lie. Well, one of those lies, and I'm glad you ended on that uh, thought, because the left is lying and getting away with it because they are protected by the cozy uh, blanket of the mainstream media who covers for them. Um, President Biden literally called President Donald Trump a dictator, as did Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, other uh, liberal Democrats accused Trump of being, uh, whether fascist or a dictator. President Trump signed four executive orders in his first (laughs) week in office. President Biden signed 40 executive orders his first 10 days in office. 
40. Yeah. And, and I think it's up, up to 42, 43 now. But the media w- will not point to these facts. They'll just say, oh, Trump was a boastful. He was a he's a dictator. He just wanted to control people. He was a nationalist, right? Like, that's a bad thing. How do you respond to this? Because these are lies. Trump was not a dictator, but boy, they sure did paint a good picture, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Well, that's another one of those psychological operations that these uh, Luciferians like to use. They they accuse you of doing the very thing that they're doing. It's a common technique. Amazing. Um, and, and, and it sort of shifts the focus. It puts you on the defensive, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you suddenly find yourself having to say, no, I'm not, instead of pointing, you know, the finger at the facts, which is what, you know, that they're doing the exact same thing. But, you know, as far as the mainstream media, I mean, that's that's dead and gone. I mean, I, I don't even like to talk about it or think about it anymore because anybody at this point, you know, some of us have been railing against the state run media for 15 years or more. But at this point, after <laughs> what we just witnessed, yes. any Christian who still turns on the mainstream media, I, I don't know what uh, what to tell you, you know, uh, so uh, that's why it's so imperative that we, you know, we have alternative sources of media and, and stand up for the truth is certainly one of the, one of the best. Oh, thank you, JB. And we've got two minutes left in this segment. I just want to mention before, uh, next segment, we're going to talk about that article by Walt Heyer. It's not just gender, gender dysphoria. It is now rapid onset Marxism and uh, Biden's executive order, uh, of the uh, transgender woman. And now women ca- or men can compete against women or boys against girls, and that's supposed to be fair, I guess, in high schools. But I want to just mention some links, and you can add some, too. The articles you sent me, some of these sources, The Daily Signal, um, The Federalist, I I like Discern, D-I-S-R-N. There are others, uh, Breitbart, The Blaze, Daily Caller, CNS News, Town Hall, Washington Times, Newsmax, American Thinker. Um, uh, There's so many other, The Hill, uh, The Daily Wire, um, Canada Free Press. Can you mention a couple more, JB, for our listeners? Yeah, um, I think those are all good ones. But one thing to remember is that as you and I and others promote certain stories and certain news outlets, doesn't necessarily mean it's a wholesale endorsement of everything they say. Exactly. We have, you know, we have to run, and I know you say that all the time, but we have to run everything we study and read and hear through the lens of Scripture and you know, eat the meat and spit out the bones. But those are all uh, excellent ones. And then you know, even non-mainstream or non-you know larger groups, just the alternative media. Sometimes you know, little podcasts uh, like Not by Works and others can can really add a lot to the dialogue. And so uh, uh, you know, we we've got to we got to search far and wide and, and find the truth. And I'll put out that list again uh, in the near future. I'm I'm com- accumulating a lot of great sources. Um, JB Hickson, we're going to talk about uh, the gender surrender movement when we come back that's your words and walt higher and some of the great work that he has done and as we continue this conversation about what's happening in america from a biblical worldview more with jb hicks and we come back on stand up for the truth thank you for listening and sharing today's show via standupforthetruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is J.B. Hickson. The website is notbyworks.org. Um, I, I, I do, do need to do this, J.B. I know we're going to get to this other article, the topic that we teased twice now, but there's an article over at Breitbart and other outlets that are reporting that California, uh, they're trying to reopen parts of California, but a judge upheld... Democrat governor, which some call him emperor, Gavin Newsom's ban on indoor church services. Your concern about that? Yeah. So, uh, of course, we've talked a lot about Governor Gruesome and how desperately he's trying to come against God's people and God's word. Um, You know, the the danger, though, of this, you know, Supreme Court's ruling and the way a lot of the states, at least here in Colorado, have shifted is before it was an issue of essential, non-essential. And so churches sued and said, look, it's not fair that you consider us non-essential and you consider Starbucks and the like uh, essential. So uh, the Supreme Court came down in our favor, but I I'm, I'm think it's one of those careful what you wish for things, because now the governor said, okay, fine, you're essential, you can, uh, you can open back up. But as they continue this staged you know, pandemic or scamdemic, as I call it, and, and eventually have this next, second, third endless wave, then they're going to say, you know, all businesses that are essential have to shut down, and we no longer have an argument. Um, 
but it's, you know, back to, to Governor Gruesome, I mean, uh, that uh, I know a lot of, I have a lot of pastor friends in California and a lot of them are really struggling with what to do. I mean, it, it, in theory, we want to just stand up and speak out and stand up against it. But, uh, you know, in, in some cases, pastors have been arrested. They've been taken to jail. They've been mm-hmm. fined. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a, there's some real practical uh, matters there. Um, but uh, hopefully he'll be recalled. I mean, I don't know what the latest on that is, but uh, true. I know they had enough signatures. Uh, that would be fantastic. Yes. Um, so let's we, we can talk about essential, non-essential all day long, but the truth is, without Christianity, this world is in a lot of trouble, and we know the direction it is headed, and that goes for America as well. The church must be the salt and light. We must be the influence. Uh, we kind of backed off a little bit, and coronavirus challenged us, gave in to fear in some ways. But yeah, this is a fight. The church is essential. It's just not looked at as essential. Last topic, and that is the uh, gender dysphoria, uh, rapid-onset Marxism that Walt Heyer is writing about in this article over at the Daily Signal. Joe Biden, of course, uh, picked a man named Rachel Levine, uh, set to become the first transgender Senate confirmee. Uh, So we know exactly what he's going to do in his administration. He already is by some of the appointments. But uh, Walt Heyer is talking about this. He's a former transgender. His website is sexchangeregret.com. And I would just love for you to... To uh, comment on this, Tammy Bruce says this is obscenely Marxist because it deconstructs what it means to be female. JB, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, we touched on that earlier. Um, but the whole Biden administration, uh, this is is as frightening, or, or or at least as frightening as the the whole abortion uh, issues. You know, this this LGBTQI. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, can they get a longer acronym. I mean, their acronym is so lengthy, David, before long, they're going to need an acronym for their acronym. I, I don't understand where yes. it stops, but um, they, the new secretary of state, I mean, this is a top level. I mean, you know, there's all, all cabinet level members are pretty important people, but the secretary of state, you have to argue, is, is certainly up near the top. And, and this is Anthony Blinken. And he's out there vowing support for the LGBT agenda by flying pride flags at all the U.S. embassies and uh, creating a special envoy for human rights of LGBT people. Uh, I mean, this is just amazing. And, and the article you're talking about hits the nail on the head. It's, it's never about what it's about. This is a complete uh, false flag, in a manner of speaking, to destroy identity. It's right out of the Marxist uh, playbook. They, they want to uh, lump us all together so that there is no difference, that we're like a bunch of droids, a bunch of lemmings just walking off a... A, a hill, and uh, and we've got to fight for that. It, again, it's God created us male and female, and it should be self-evident. It's amazing that we're even having this discussion. Uh, yes. But what does it say about Satan's deception in our culture? Yeah. Um, some people are having a hard time responding to the accusations of, uh, well, the Bible doesn't follow science, or you Christians don't believe in science. And it's astounding to me, JV, because here they're saying this man is a woman, and this this is a major movement that's forcing change. Not well, the, the narrative is forcing change in our country. And they're saying we don't believe in science. They're not even following their own, you know, biology or DNA. They're not looking at the facts, are they? Yeah, yeah. Science is 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 bought and paid for anyway. I mean, just look at the whole uh, COVID crisis. There is there is, quote, science on both sides of the issue. Now, they're only telling you one side, and they're censoring everything else. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but if you go to notbyworks.org slash COVID, we have a repository there of thousands of pages of peer-reviewed scientific journal articles on everything from masks to lockdowns to viruses to vaccines, you name it, kind of giving the other side of the story. So depends what you mean by science. And <laughs> they can claim the Bible's not scientific, but again, that kind of goes back to to Biden, you know, putting his hand on the Bible and somehow claiming that he's allegiant to a biblical worldview. Um, um, but the church is really asleep at the wheel in this thing. Um, I, I've got, I call it the 84% club, referring to churches who don't preach the whole counsel of God. You know, I've said many times <laughs> that one-sixth of the Bible is 
is prophecy talking about what is to come. It's unfulfilled prophecy. That's 16%. And most churches today uh, shun that. They have no interest in it. They don't teach it. They're only teaching 84% of the Bible. And they're doing so proudly and confidently as if that makes them better than me because we preach the whole council and we preach the the additional 16% that talks about prophetic uh, passages of Scripture that have yet to be fulfilled. And one of those prophecies is a great end times apostasy, the closer we get to the return of Christ. And we are seeing that unfold right before our eyes. And this is all part of it would fall under cultural Marxism. As Walt Heyer says in this article, uh, you know, he's speaking as a former transgender now. He's a born-again Christian. He said, men who's, who live as women as I did make a mockery of what it means to be a woman requiring the 99.7% of the population to play along denies biological reality and amounts to gaslighting, forcing them to agree that men can become women and vice versa simply by declaring it. On the other hand, he says, forcing people to use non-gender designations for family relationships further dehumanizes, dehumanizes and demoralizes relationships. JB, cultural Marxism, that's part of this gender surrender, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That go- that article goes on to say that the cultural Marxism's goal is to forcibly overthrow all existing social conditions yes. and centralize power in the hands of the state. Mm. It thrives on an us versus them uh, paradigm. So you mentioned gaslighting. For our listeners who don't know what that is, that's a term that first came up in a in a, a play and then it was later uh, turned into a movie back I think in the 50s yes uh, the play was in the 40s but it's basically just um, where you mind control people by just creating an entirely new reality that's truly not based in any fact but yet you convince them that that's what reality is and um, and so in the play or in the movie you know a husband was abusing his wife by basically you know she would turn a light off and walk out of the room, he would come behind her and turn the light on. And then she'd come back in and say, Oh, I thought I turned that off. And he'd say, no, no, you didn't. And she just thought she was losing her mind. That's Mm -hmm. why they call it gaslighting. So uh, that's a great term for what's happening and we better be uh, aware of it. Um, Many people don't remember who Antonio Gramsci is, uh, the Frankfurt school. He's one of those intellectuals. He was an Italian Marxist who wrote, I don't know, hundreds of pages in prison Uh, known as prison notebooks, on this idea of overthrowing America, not militarily, because they knew that they could never accomplish that. America was too strong. But by infiltrating the major institutions in America, and they said it it was a gradual march through all the institutions. And what was the goal? To, to basically eradicate Christianity. So Marxist objectives, like this transgender movement, they're diametrically opposed to faith in God and His Word. And, J.B., yeah. we, we need to just come back to the basics here. Is it biblical or is it not? Because, I mean, I see Marxism infiltrating uh, Hollywood, sports. Look at the sports leagues that are promoting Black Lives Matter and these other Marxist movements. We've got uh, four minutes left. Yeah, so I think Gramsci was called the godfather of cultural Marxism. And uh, and what we need to understand is what's happening right now is not organic. It's not just a natural outflow of the depravity of man. This is all by design. And uh, again, not to keep promoting some of our stuff, but it's got some valuable research in there. If you watch Spirit of the Antichrist, the first few sessions of that uh, series— it talks about the genesis of the Luciferian agenda and how going back, at least in our country, back to the turn of the 20th century, how through pagan groups uh, like Rockefeller and Carnegie and other endowments and foundations, they infiltrated the compulsory government schooling, the higher education universities and colleges, the textbook industries, uh, government, uh, you know, media, all of that. And they have been promoting this, as you said, the way Gramsci said, from within mm-hmm. and, and been mind controlling and manipulating and making, you know, changing our culture right under our own noses. And uh, this is not just some natural organic thing happening. It is all by design. And, and uh, we need to, you know, again, get back to what does the word of God say? That's the filter. That's the only standard yes. for our beliefs, attitudes and practices. Yes. And, and I think Christians that are discerning can really understand what is biblical, what is not biblical, 
But it is so hard because we've got a culture driven by, I, you know, it's the spirit of Antichrist, as you uh, point, point out in your series, and the, this narrative that's now being really spread around the country, these narratives, I should say, the rhetoric is becoming dangerous because they are attacking Christians and nobody's holding them accountable. No one's saying, wait a minute. We all are. We all have freedoms here in this country. So there's some double standards. There's always some hypocrisy to be called out. But J.B. Hicks, in your final thoughts, we've got a minute left. Actually, two minutes left. And I just want to encourage people who are hearing this conversation and going, well, "There is so much happening, and it seems to be coming at breakneck speed." I know some of it ties into Bible prophecy, but we have to always focus people back to the the Word of God, don't we? Yeah, we do. You know, I was thinking just the other day, um, when I was a kid, the church that I grew up in, which was a large church, uh, multi-staff, got a new pastor, and he sort of implemented a new policy for all the receptionists and secretaries in answering the phone. And they would say, they would answer the phone this way. I can remember it as clear as if it were yesterday. They would answer the phone and say, it's an exciting new day at Northwest. <laughs> and I was thinking about that, and I'm thinking, well, it's a depressing new day in America, <laughs> yes, and uh, and it is easy to get depressed. But you know what? We know the end of the story. Mm-hmm. We know who's in control, even when we don't understand it all. We 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 know God does, and uh, we we can't lose heart. We can't lose hope. We've got to continue to trust in Him. It all comes down to walking by faith, not by sight. These are troubling issues, but we don't want to just be like Chicken Little. You know, woe is me. The sky is falling. Uh, we need to proclaim truth and look up and be confident and hold our heads high and recognize that we serve a, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and none of this surprises him. And frankly, it's a little bit exciting because it is the fulfillment of prophecy. Yes. And even though we don't like it and it's not comfortable, it do, it shows us that God is working out his plan and we should look up and be watchful for our redemption draws nigh. Amen. Thank you so much, brother. We love having you on, JB. And I do want to plug one more time all of your COVID articles and resources, notbyworks.org slash COVID. J.B. Hickson, we'll talk to you again soon, my friend. God bless you. Thanks, Dave. All right. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of this week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Uh, Another troublemaker on with us tomorrow, (laughs) Pastor Matt Truella, uh, missionaries to the preborn. Always good talking to Matt. Man, he's out there on the front lines. He goes out in front of uh, abortion clinics and uh, peacefully prays and holds signs and engages in conversation uh, with women, uh, just hopefully, and young girls trying to save uh, one a baby at a time. But uh, Matt Truella with us tomorrow. You will hear from Dr. Andy Woods on Wednesday. Heidi St. John, she's going to come back on Thursday. So don't miss that one. The busy mom, she's another troublemaker. So outspoken for uh, the Christian faith and uh, defending the truth. And in studio Friday, Pastor Chris Quintana uh, now lives in Texas, but he's in town uh, for next weekend. So he'll be in studio Friday. Scott Lively, Tina Marie Griffin, John Haller, Cal Beisner, a lot of others coming up. Just wanted to tease some names. I'm just so blessed to be able to talk to some of these men and women of God and just talk about some of these important uh, issues. So uh, thank you guys so much for your prayers and your support. My book is almost done editing this week, and then it goes to publisher at the end of the week. But uh, God bless you. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.